What's up, guys? Today's episode is sponsored by Songfinch. Every special occasion needs a soundtrack, which is why Songfinch takes your favorite stories and memories and crafts them in to a one-of-a-kind song that makes the perfect timeless gift. Go to songfinch.com, use the promo code TIRED, T-I-R-E-D, to get $20 off your personalized song from Scratched. Today's episode is also sponsored by Skylight Frames. Skylight creates these digital touchscreen photo frames that can be updated by email from anywhere in the world. Go to skylightframe.com, use the promo code TIRED to get $10 off your next purchase. All right, guys, Jared back here with you on the Dad Tired Podcast. Super excited, as always, to be back here with you. Today, I'm doing an interview with the president of Family Life, David Robbins. Uh, we I don't remember exactly how I got connected with David, I think. Oh, we had a mutual friend here in Portland that introduced us via email. Uh, we've actually never had a chance to meet in person, but we've talked quite a bit over the phone. Um, and he's just become a friend and even kind of a mentor. The guy is just full of wisdom. And so I kind of keep him in my back pocket for, uh, occasions where I feel like I just need somebody to speak wisdom. Uh, I know that he's there for that purpose is just along with just being a good friend. So, um, I, this guy is going to drop a ton of nuggets. Like I, as I was going back through and editing this podcast episode, I was just listening to it again and like every other sentence, he just drops like a one liner that is so good. Like we could spend a whole uh, podcast episode just talking about that particular like one line that he threw out. So he's going to share bits and pieces of his story, but he's also going to talk about what does it look like for a family to live on mission, whether that's in your local neighborhood or around the world. Um, he's going to talk about what it looks like to get away with your wife and kind of strategically plan out the next three, five, 10 years of your life together and be intentional about, uh, the way that you live and the, the things that you value. There's just so much good stuff in this interview. So I'm super excited to have David on. I know you're going to really appreciate, uh, his wisdom, but before we dive into today's episode, I do want to thank my friends over at Songfinch for sponsoring this episode. Songfinch takes all your personalized stories, feelings, memories, and creates custom one of a kind songs that really do do make the perfect gift for any loved one. Their songs start at just $99 and they're delivered within one week. Uh, so the way this works, I actually had a chance to do it this week. Uh, you, you go on their website, you put in all your information about you and the loved one or the loved ones that you're writing the song about. They'll take that, pass that information off to one of their 300 plus songwriters within the community. They'll go off and create a custom, customized song for you, then dump it back into your dashboard within the week. You go online, you can read the lyrics, you can read about the songwriter who wrote the song. You can download the song, even share the song with friends. It's so, so good. So before we dive into today's episode, uh, I'm going to play you a piece of that song. But I just want to tell you guys, they really are a super good gift. If you're looking to get a gift for your wife, either for an anniversary or Christmas or Valentine's Day, or you just had a newborn, birthdays, anything, these really are special songs, a gift that will last a lifetime. So Go to songfinch.com. Use the promo code TIRED, T-I-R-E-D, to get $20 off your personalized song from scratch. Take a listen to the song they wrote for me and my kids. I love everything about each of you. Never forget how proud I am when I look at all of the things you do. See star you have given 
living my life purpose to live in service and follow my heart. All right, David, thanks so much for hanging out with us today and being on the show. Uh, for our listeners, tell us who you are and what you're up to these days. Well, thanks, Jared. It's great to be here. My name is David Robbins, and I'm the new president at Family Life, and which is an organization focused on strengthening marriages and families for the past 41 years. And I have an amazing wife, Meg, who we've been married 17 years and along the way have four kids uh, that range from 11 to two. Wow. Uh, and you just recently made a big move, right? Like you, you got, what were you guys doing before family life? I did. Yeah. We were living in Manhattan at 76th and first and uh, we loved it. We were working with millennials in the city, postgraduates who were graduating. We just saw how the seduction of cities would take people away from their church involvement and uh, just, yeah, all the things you navigate in your twenties, um, such a defining decade, but, uh, so much work life stuff that happens, um, as people focus on vocation. So we were in the thick of it, uh, loving living in that space and working with the next generation. And, uh, then family life came calling. And what's interesting is that we saw the continued, uh, pathway that with millennials, as they were getting married of how significant, um, and forming, the marriage and family space is in their lives. And then in our own personal lives, as we were relating to peers of, uh, you know, basically our kids' parents, we just kept seeing very few people in such a secular place like New York City would come to church with us, uh, like two did. <laughs> but um, man, constantly people would be sitting around the dining room table or on our couch talking about faith, and the pathway would almost always go through talking about their kids and challenges raising their kids or challenges with their marriage. Hmm. Yeah, it's, I think I think that secularism kind of starts on the coasts and works its way in. <laughs> so East yeah. Coast, West Coast. Uh, uh, what I've actually never been to New York, um, so I, I really have all my idea of what the culture is like is like based on movies. So I'm sure that's real accurate. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, what what are some strategies? Like, what what did you guys have to figure out, and how did you have to adapt as missionaries in New York? Like, what kinds of things? Uh, yeah you know, stuck out to you and you had, you had to take to, in order to start reaching people with the gospel. Yeah. Well, two things come to mind immediately on that. One, you join in with what God is already doing. And I think, uh, you know, we didn't come with a grand plan. We came with a learning posture because God has been at work, even though only four or 5% of the city, uh, you know, says they are, uh, born again Christians. Um, God's been at work. And we join in in a story that's already been happening. So we did a lot of learning first, just like we would if we were to go overseas and go into a totally different culture that didn't speak English and had different narratives around their culture. I think with each city, it's important to go in and no matter how big or small the city is and go, all right, God's I come in standing on a foundation of God already at work and I get to join in with he's doing and let me look at where he's working and how I get to join into the kingdom ecosystem that's already at play. And so uh, that surfaced a lot of significant opportunities with 20-somethings because churches, New York is such a transient place. Uh, churches like, I really don't know what to do with 22 to 27-year-olds. We have them coming, but you know we can't really invest with them. So we came alongside and um, really did a lot of leadership development with uh, young believers in New York City, but also connecting disconnected people to Jesus and his people was a huge emphasis for us because so few people would step in their first step to faith would not be in a church. So how right. could we provide those safe places? And, um, yeah, an, another angle would just be, um, how do we, 
how do we come in and, and really create those safe spaces for people to process? And, uh, you know, I referred to it on the last thing, but are we really, do we just give lip service to that or do we really move toward people and incarnate our lives like Jesus did taking up residence amongst them uh, in a John one fashion? Uh, how, how much do we really do that? Or we just say we do that, um, became a real big kind of heart check for us. Yeah. I, I mean, I've always told people like you, you're probably overthinking sharing Christ with people and, and sharing your life with people and being on mission. Like just eat a lot of meals with people who don't know Jesus. Well said. So, so much happens, man, when you're just like in the normal day-to-day life stuff, but just yeah. like, just, just share meals. I'm sure you guys shared a lot of meals. Yeah, just around the table. That's beautiful. Right. Yeah. Yeah. How did, how did you like how are you, I guess, because you, you've got kids who are young still. Um, yeah. how, how do you teach your kids that you guys are like on mission? Um, how do you, how are you helping them understand that? Yeah. I mean, a lot is involving them with it and saying we re- represent Jesus to the world, and uh, but we're not perfect. And if anything, uh, you know, the world doesn't want a perfect looking Christianity. They want something that's more gritty and, and earthy and real. And so one of the lines we use, if dependence is the goal, then weakness is actually an advantage. And we're going to mess up and we're going to fail as a family. And I'm going to fail as a dad. And they're not going to represent Jesus all the time as, as kids. But yet we long to be ambassadors of him and lovers of him. And if we are loving him, then we will automatically show and tell of the things that we love. So that's, I mean, our kids are used to show and tell. And um, if we are loving Jesus and he is our first love, which isn't always true in, in my present state, but as that is our pursuit as a family, then lovers will, not just believers of God, but lovers of God will automatically show and tell of the things that they love. And so, um, and just, you know, a messy house is a missional house. I think it's okay that it doesn't look perfect, sound perfect. I mean, we're like adaptability is our greatest strength, not structure as a family. And I wish we had a little more structure as a family, but I think we've embraced just done. Hospitality doesn't have to look pretty. Um, it really is about opening your heart and open and opening your home. So, yeah. Yeah. Dude, there, there were some really good one liners in there. What you said, like, you said a couple of like, I didn't like print them out and put them on my wall. Uh, what'd you say? Dependent. If dependence is the goal, weakness is an advantage. Yeah. That's actually a Dan Allender quote. And that came from a, that, that is an embedded deep in our soul and my soul, uh, place because of, it was around 28, just a driver, uh, you know, wanted to be a leader and a Christian leader. I was working for ministry with a crew and, um, which family life is a part of crew. So we've kind of continued our, our crew journey at family life. But, yeah. um, you know, I, yeah, I just got to the point where I realized I'm selling my soul to this ministry, not going down on my watch. And we kind of entered at that stage into a challenging, uh, campus and, and situation and, and I was ignoring my wife, emotionally disconnecting, um, and seeking to have it all together. And I remember I was getting all this development, uh, from crew. And so, man, we had this perfect strategic plan and we ex- had this amazing team. We executed it at perfection. And we looked back and go for like a 600 person ministry, uh, coming to weekly meetings. We had like 10 freshmen involved after the most intentional plan toward reaching freshmen we had ever had. And I remember standing in front of the ministry, in after that next semester in January and just going, yeah, we, we, it was our, all our strength and we were seeking to execute this and we have really failed you as I failed you as a leader and we have failed you as a team. I failed my wife as a husband and, um, really everything we have is not going to be because we have it together. 
and because we have a perfect plan, but out of dependence and our longing and yearning for him and his presence to to come amongst us. And um, so, yeah, dependence is the goal, weakness is an advantage. And we, we actually had this mantra as a team that we would say before we started every meeting, kind of like an AA meeting, we are not sufficiently good, wise, or gifted enough to make this thing work. And, uh, I, you know, we could even, it'd be good for us to say that as a family, even sometimes around a dinner table, you know, as we seek to have an impact. Uh, yeah, we, we're going to do everything with excellence that we can, but we're going to vehemently deny performance in the process. Mm. You know? mm. How long were you married at that point? That was at the five year mark. Right as kids I, were entering, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, I, I just, I read somewhere, I heard somewhere that they said there's like milestones and kind of these markers within marriage that they say are the uh, statistically most hard for, mm. for marriage, and they say five years is one of those years. It's, it's the the fifth year of marriage is typically when lots of divorce happens mm-hmm. and where some of the biggest. Um, you know, you know, just hurdles come up. So yeah, interesting. that five to seven phase. Yeah. Yeah. What, I mean, how long have you been married now? We've been married 17 years, man. Yeah. Okay. So what, what have you learned in 17 years as a husband? <laughs> um, you know, I is, is Jesus my first love and mm-hmm. is she the love of my life? I mean, um, those are two things and everything else falls into place after that. The whole purpose of life is intimacy with God. And, um, and then covenant relationships come right after that. And I fall for lesser lovers all the time, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and a lot of times it is around purpose and vocation. And, and I just think that when we, when I have flexed the boundaries that we've set in place as a family to help us pursue Jesus as our, first love and each other as the love of our lives and our, and our kids relationships and those covenant relationships that we have. And I break those boundaries and it's in, you know, there's seasons where we have to, but every time we do, we pay the price. And so a lot of it is about withdrawals and deposits and when the withdrawals are taken out, whether that's because of travel or whether that's because of an intense period of time, what am I doing as a husband to put deposits back in and, and really over deposit, not just get it back to zero, but, uh, but really go, babes, you are the love of my life. And I, I'm called to pursue you like my first love pursued me. And am I doing that? And I just, it, no matter how fancy and, you know, threaded out the story gets, it all usually boils down to those simple things of, you know, the purpose of life being intimacy with God. And is that being true in my life in a present tense, current reality? And am I, pursuing my covenant relationships above any other responsibilities I have easier said than done. Yeah, man, that's so good. I mean, there's, there's going to be a lot of guys who hear that and will kind of take away what they, um, you know, their own experience allows them to take away. But if you had a young married man sitting across the table from you right now, and you could just speak like a directly, what direct principle would you say comes out of that? Like, you know, just in, in, in one thought there. Yeah. Uh, the one that I sadly have to continue to remind myself that I would say to that young man uh, also would be pursuit. And is your pursuit of the Lord and the pursuit of your wife greater than the pursuit of all other things that, that, you're, that you desire in life? And that I am all about vocation and purpose and, and those things being true, but those things will come and go. I will, I'm the only one who can walk with God for me, and you'll be the only one who can walk with God for you. I'm the only one that can be a husband to my wife. You're the only one that can be a husband to your wife. 
and I'm the only one that can be a father to my kids. You're the only one that can be a father to your kids. Everything else in life can be done by someone else and will eventually be done by someone else. Mm. And so I think that, yeah, I remember a guy named Daryl Smith saying that into my life when I was a young guy. And uh, I would say the same thing. Hey guys, I want to take a quick break to tell you about one of our sponsors, Skylight Frames. Uh, if you're like me, you probably have a really hard time figuring out what gift to get your parents for Christmas. Uh, I'm a terrible gift giver for my mom. I never know what to get my mom. I always feel like I get her the cheesiest stuff, which, uh, which is why I was super excited to come across Skylight Frames. It's a, it's a photo frame that you can update instantly by email from anywhere. It's super easy to set up. It takes less than 60 seconds. You plug it in, use the touch screen to connect to your wireless network, set up a personal email address, and then you can actually email photos and they'll go directly to the frame instantly. Uh, so what I did is set up the photo with all kinds of pictures of my mom with her grandkids, packaged it back up and sent it off to her for Christmas. She's always asking me to send her photos and print out photos or text her photos, email her photos. So this is a much, much easier way just to email the photo directly to the frame and it immediately pops up so she'll never have to ask me for new photos again. Uh, I think you guys are going to love this. It really is a great gift. The cool thing is they have a 100% satisfaction guaranteed. So if you don't love your Skylight Frame, uh, you'll just send it back to them. They'll give you a full refund. They're a great company. And now, as a special holiday offer, you can get $10 off your purchase of a Skylight Frame when you go to skylightframe.com and enter the code TIRED. That's right. To get $10 off your purchase of a Skylight Frame, just go to skylightframe.com and enter enter the code tired that's s-k-y-l-i-g-h-t-f-r-a-m-e.com promo code tired uh you you mentioned a few things about family and trying to uh, reorient your family towards the mission of god do you guys like do you have a set of like family values um, it's okay if you don't. I know I'm putting yeah. you on the spot here, but no, uh, it's actually, something I'm considering. Yeah, we've done it three times actually. So uh, really? we had mentors um, when we were processing whether we were living overseas and processing whether to come home or not. We'd committed to long term overseas. It would have been we were processing coming home much sooner than we thought. Uh, we didn't know what to do, and so these mentors gave us this process, quite simple. And we've done it three times now, and we wait till God's kind of bub- bubbling something up. And what we we try to do is do it before there's specific options on the table, um, because hopefully these values you can live out anywhere, you know, and at any time. It, it doesn't mean a transition's in place, but it does mean you'll make shifts. That you know, if you create values, you will shift things in the way you live. So, I mean, the short version of, of it's so simple and intuitive. You can it is this simple, but you get away as a husband and wife, and you just take time individually to list off every value you have for the next segment of your life that's appropriate. And so, you know, at 29, we were thinking next three to five years. That was the first time we really did this. Uh, the most recent time we did it, we were thinking seven to 10. That's when our oldest will get through with high school and, and others will be in high school. So, um, you know, kind of stage of life determines the value set, how long you're thinking for. And you just list off everything that is just true. And there's, there's no filtering. Don't over spiritualize it. Uh, there'll be some things that sound really holy. There'll be other things like I want a red sports car. That's a convertible that are ridiculous. <laughs> They're just things yeah. that exist within you that really play in your mind, giftings, passions, burdens, desires, etc. You get it all out and then you go back and you rank. Um, and what we did as life got more complex was rank vo- vocation, ministry values and family, you know, personal mission values. Um, okay. We had two different lists. And then we got together and we spoke those values and, you know, kind of shared 
with each other. And it's such a so hold on. Yeah, yeah. So you did them individually. You got away together, but individually you got away yeah. or like, you know, went to separate areas of the room or whatever. Right. And and wrote down all your values and then rank them. And then you come back with your wife. That's and right. And discuss them. And okay. I mean, and, you know, take two or three hours, let it linger. And you about 45 minutes in, you go, this is so stupid. Why are we away somewhere? <laughs> and not just at a Starbucks. I could have done this in my home, you know, but there's right. something about giving the spirit space and just kind of lean into it and go, all right, God, no. Oh, there's more that you have on my heart. You've, you've spoken into my life. Others speak into my life. Things that are dreams that are true, like surface them now. And anyway, you, yeah. So you rank them on your own. You come together, take a break, come together, and then you share those values together. And you know what's a beautiful intentional time of why is that so low, Meg? And David, why is that so high? And uh, <laughs> you know why that that's who you are. Why why is that not core? You know, let's surface that. Let's bring that up. And mm-hmm. oh my gosh, I can't believe I didn't you know write that one down. Of course, that's yeah. top values. And what you do is you come away from that overnight or what or time together, uh, and you make a joint values list and. Um, and what we have found to be true, and what we do with it is just put it in a Ziploc bag, put it in our shower, and start praying over it. Because it really isn't a pro-con <laughs> wow, that, that... That's extremely practical. Yeah, <laughs> it's not a pro-con that makes any decisions. You, I doubt that... I mean, we've done them, um, even our before we did our move to New York, it was an 18-month process from when we did our values and then landed in New York. <laughs> um, and it was wow. about eight months of really discerning, gosh, I have no clue what this means, and all we knew driving home that day was, I doubt we're going to live in suburbia for this next phase of our life. Um, we want to be around an unbelieving, sec, you know, kind of um, and diverse area that will push us in our thinking and in our missional practices. And man, we want to do something that uh, we can do. We can do together. And I doubt that means being in organizational leadership in this next phase. Let's go back to the field. And learn. So we drove home thinking we're going to probably adopt a kid with cystic fibrosis because we already had one. And we were mm. feeling that'd be radical and, and good. And then we'll probably move to Midtown Atlanta, which is where we were, we were living in suburban Atlanta. And over time, with those things in the shower and as conversations with and scripture and you know, time with God, it, it led us to having a ministry shift and, and living in New York. But um, yeah, I forget where I was in the process after the Ziploc bag, but that, that is very, very <laughs> practical. And, um, yeah, dude, that's so helpful, man. That's so helpful. I, you know, we just did a dad tired conference in Houston and we talked a little bit about family values there with those guys. Um, and, and trying to create an actual like family values statement that you can yeah. use with your wife to kind of shift your decision and thinking and, uh, you know, just through your day to day life. And so I'm uh, going to steal just about all of that. That's great, page. man. I can send you a okay. one pager. That'll be good. Yeah. Uh, that would be Cause great. so many people have asked for it. I will say this. We realize that each time we've done it, around five to seven, as we are joint values, um, there's just a break line there that goes, we could really live these out anywhere. We start making living these out now. You know, we don't have to wait mm-hmm. till a transition. We don't have to wait till a location change. Like we can start taking steps toward these core values in our lives now. Now, there may be better places and positions and work or whatnot to position ourselves to live these out better, but let's don't wait. And then that next, you know, seven to 15 have always been the things that they contradict each other a little bit and they bring the tension of why you're even doing the values process in the first place. And as we pray over that next seven to 10, it really, or seven to 15, it really, um, it begins to shape probably some bigger shifts in your lives. Uh, we've watched that happen three, all three times we've done it. Wow. 
You know you're getting old when you're playing out the next 15 years of your life. Yeah, I haven't gone there yet. <laughs> Is it, I've kept it 7 to 10 to, to have this illusion of staying young. <laughs> I remember when 10 years felt just, even five years felt just so far away. I'm like, what do you mean? So five true. Years? I mean, like five days from now, my life could be radically different. <laughs> so true. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, same thing, man. We're having conversations like, what are the next five to 10 years going to look like? It's like, man, we're getting old. Life's <laughs> <slow>. <laughs> so true. Uh, okay. So I imagine those family values uh, were some of the things that helped you as you were thinking about moving from New York to Little Rock, which yeah. is a pretty uh, big shift here. Um, talk us through that process of how you went from New York to Little Rock. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, a lot of it, it was out of the blue that this opportunity uh, came. We were certainly had never really even thought about it. Um, when they asked us to consider being candidates to be president at Family Life, um, I mean, part of grieving, giving up New York was a, was a huge first step of, do we even want to do that? But, uh, one of the things that really came true is that we j- we immediately said yes to the candidacy, which we don't normally do. We're always like, let us go talk about it. Meg and I just looked at each other and we just knew the marriage, marriage and family in a place like New York, they are two areas in which people are willing to listen to a biblical, biblical perspective and worldview still. Hmm. Uh, you know, there's something sacred about it. They may not, people may not agree with everything, but that is this kind of a sacred space that they know they're not sufficiently good, wise, or gifted enough to make that work, you know, to, yeah, to, to yeah. and what we were talking about earlier. And uh, we just go, oh, there's something so significant to steward this 42 year old ministry that has had such an impact um, on generations up to now and how, what is that possible impact in future generations? And uh, we said yes to the process keyword process just to say, Lord, what, yeah, whatever you have. And I couldn't imagine a a more strategic missional space, um, of the audiences of marriages and family and kind of what happens and the felt needs and pain points that surface that can lead people to needing the gospel and embracing, you know, experiencing their need for the gospel. And so, um, as we said yesterday, we did the values process and there was no quick decision the whole process lasted six or seven months. But um, it's to, that core motive of looking at each other and going, let's enter the process and why we did it is one of the main reasons we said we said yes to it six months later in the process. That didn't change. And um, so, yeah, well, there's new realities that we're experiencing here in Little Rock. And um, you know, our kids are New Yorkers. They, we have one native New Yorker. That's, wow. what, that's what they remember. Um, there's gifts of space and not living six people in 900 square feet. So yeah, there's, there's, yeah. Gi- there's gifts like that. Uh, there's gifts of, a, you know, cultural supports that embrace a Christian worldview while there's also downsides of that. So, you know, as, as we live out here, um, those things weren't the things that really shaped why we came. It was really around how can we give, um, you know, relationships and couples and marriages and families shared experiences together where they grow in their relationship with Jesus and they put their faith into action in their homes and in their neighborhoods and in their communities. Yeah. So let's get into that. Like what, tell me some things that family life's currently doing to support the marriage and family. Yeah. Well, one of the biggest things we have going on right now is a new resource called the art of parenting. And it is a phenomenal resource that has several components. One is an online course that you can just sign in and go experience a, a good chunk of. There's eight different sessions there. 
Um, and there's also a small group series that's a video series that you can uh, play with a small group, which we think that's the best way to experience it is transformation happens in, in the context of relationships and sharing with other couples peer to peer. That's where real transformation happens, we believe, and how God's plan A is, is to transformation to happen through his people. So, uh, but yeah, this, this series takes 20 experts on the, in the marriage and family space and really um, does a phenomenal job kind of splicing all those people together into four core uh, things you walk through. Um, one is character and forming character in your kids. Um, we get into discipline there some and, and focusing your child's heart um, above their behavior. There's relation, relationships, modeling relational priorities for your child. There's The third area is identity, helping your child discover who God made them to be. And then the fourth one's mission, which is preparing your child today with tomorrow in mind and, and how to raise their child, you know, to reach beyond just their current generation. And so what's cool is there's a whole kind of an arrow thing that you fill out and it's 11 by 17 piece of paper. There's a digital form you can fill out that basically you put in there and you talk with your spouse around the uniquenesses of each of your kids. You do an arrow for each of your kids and just playing off of Psalm, you know, 127, um, you know, like arrows in the hand of a warrior or children. And, uh, and yeah, how does your unique kid, and that's what I love about it. It takes your unique kid and it helps you identify uniquenesses around your kid and how you can form their character, relationships, identity, and mission. Um, because each kid's unique and, and mm. really, you know, shoot them out to have, have purpose for the kingdom. That's awesome, man. That's really cool. Uh, what, uh, can you start at like any age, even if we've got parents with really young ones or is there an ideal age for that? Yeah, no, there's, that's probably the best, you know, maybe even before you have kids or when you're pregnant, it's the best. Yeah. Um, and we, you know, all of us know that you experience different things as a parent, um, at different times. And so there's the online, uh, course and the small group that both point to additional resources for stage of life. And so if you're a blended family um, and you have different kid dynamics than um, a, new, a typical nuclear family, there's all sorts of resources for that. If you have infants to toddlers, there's resources specifically geared to that and so on and so on if you have high schoolers and you're about to launch them out. So really it comes alongside you at all different stages. And um, yeah, it's, it's a pretty phenomenal resource. And that, I mean, I think that's what the family life strengths is to give practical, biblical help and hope for what people are experiencing day to day. And, uh, we, you know, they've done it yet again. So, yeah, I like that a lot, man. I'm going to go, uh, immediately sign up for that. Cause yeah. that's, that's something we, we would love to do. So go to uh, familylife.com slash parenting. That's where you go. Okay. Okay, that's simple. And I'll link that in the show notes. So those of you who are listening, you can just click on that and go straight over there. That's awesome, man. And then you guys are doing the the Weekend to Remember, right? The marriage stuff as well? Yeah, that's a 41-year-old conference that uh, we keep adapting the the core of it stays the same and I was, uh but it's a phenomenal thing I don't know of any other conference that has uh continued for for 41 years and that is incredible it, it is incredible so there's 93 different locations um and some 60,000 people have gone to an in-person location uh at those 93 locations in the US there's all sorts of ones globally that that happen also that that aren't on the website, but, um, it's a phenomenal weekend together, tried and true, a speaker team of a hundred different couples and you get two speaker couples at each, at each weekend. And, um, yeah, we went to one when we were one on our one year anniversary 
And uh, man, I remember the, the magic of it is again, is the shared experiences consistently people go, yeah, the content was great. And, but, and I know it was impactful, but I can't, I, you know, I remember a few things, but not much, but man, those assignments that each of one of those content sessions prompted with me and my wife, you know, by myself. And then we would talk about it together. That was the shaping thing. And I think mm-hmm. that's been the magic of it is that it really is. You don't have to go and interact with a ton of people. It's you and your wife. It's a marriage conference. And so the focus is on that. All of Saturday night is a date. Um, but there's, there's just phenomenal frame ups of biblical principles on marriage and family and integrating the gospel into your marriage that um, we went when we were our first year of marriage, our, you know, our first anniversary, and then we, we've gone several times. But again, uh, just a few months ago, uh, before we were announced, we wanted to go experience it again and just to go, all right, what do we think of this thing? And it was yet again. And we took several friends on different scales of belief, um, uh, a couple that wasn't uh, not a believer, and, and they enjoyed it. And, uh, and then we, it was, it was shaping for us to realize there are some areas that we've kind of not been intentional in, and it kind of prompted us with conversation to really uh, to go after some things over the last few months. So it's great. You guys are putting out a ton of good stuff that's helpful for uh, married and parents. So I'm going to link all of that in there. I appreciate it. You guys have a cruise too, right? Which I'm trying to sneak in on. Yeah, Just come like, on, man. Trying, trying, we'll trying to be like there. a pool boy or a waiter, house there you go. There so you do go. something. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, we do. There's, I mean, what we do best is create shared experiences, develop intentional conversations um, between couples. And, and then that leads to transformation and people putting their faith into action. I mean, that's what we are all about. And so yeah. we want to draw couples together in a world that drives them apart. And so some of those things are getaways. Other times it's just resources that you need and just that encouragement in very practical ways. And, um, and yeah, we love helping people. I love it, man. Well, thank you, dude, David. Thank you for taking the time to hang out and uh, to share with us some of your personal journey and what you guys are doing at Family Life. We'll continue to pray that God uses you there. And uh, Thanks, Jared. Continue, yeah, continues to reach um, all kinds of people with the good news of Jesus. So uh, thank you, man, for your time. I know you're busy, so thank you. Thank you, man. Look forward to more with you. Hey guys, hope you enjoyed that episode. I know I always am super encouraged when I hang out with David. Go check out what they're doing on Family Life. Be sure to support our sponsors so that we can keep giving this content out for free. Also, go to dadtire.com. You can download free books. Uh, get plugged in with our Dad Tire community. All kinds of other good stuff. Thanks for listening. See you next week.